Thank you, John. Today's sermon is a sermon on hope. The title is Hope in Horrible Times. And the world is certainly going through some horrible times right now. People are getting sick. They're losing their jobs and many of their freedoms. And many people are dying alone or dying without their friends and family surrounding them. We're reminded of the words back in Psalm 18 and verse number 7 where the scripture says, There are days when the foundations have been shaken. And that surely must be how many people feel today. There must be a great deal of fear and uncertainty. What we all need is hope. And there is plenty of hope, handfuls of hope, in the Holy Bible. God has been so gracious in that he has always provided to hurting, downcast, suffering, oppressed people something or someone to look up to, some way to receive hope. Take, for example, back in the Old Testament scriptures, the people had Moses' rod to look up to, or they had the pillar of fire in the wilderness to look up to, or they had Rahab's scarlet cord to look up to, or they had Mount Zion, or the words of the prophets, or so many other things to give them hope. And in the New Testament scriptures, we all have the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ to look up to, the empty tomb to look to, the church, the gospel, the word of God, the second coming. And of course, we can always look to the Lord Jesus Christ himself to give us the greatest hope of all. And today I'd like to share four passages from the New Testament scriptures with you that are incredibly hopeful. These four passages have huge amounts of hope in them. And for a bit of an outline, we'll follow these four points for four passages of Scripture. Number one, we'll talk about the hope of a plan in your pain. Secondly, we'll talk about the hope of a partner in your pain. And then we'll talk about the prescriptions, the hope of prescriptions for your pain. And then lastly, we'll mention, of course, the hope of a place where there is no more pain. Let's start in Romans chapter 5. It's such a wonderful passage of scripture, and I'll only share verses 3 and 4 of Romans chapter 5 with you. Let me read them for you, and then we'll talk about the hope of a, a plan in your pain. Here's what Romans chapter 5 verse 3 says. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. There's our word for the day, Romans chapter 5 verses 3 and 4. 
the hope of a plan in your pain. It's very possible that a person may think that going through hard times or pain or difficulty is a is a worthless experience. It, it may seem to them to have no value whatsoever and we might often pray, Lord, when can I get out of this? But a passage like Romans 5 shows us that we should be praying, Lord, what can I get out of this? Because God always has a plan. He has a reason why he allows us to go through the things that we're experiencing right now and throughout all of our life. Now, we're not sure exactly what God's personal plan is for you in the exact thing that you're facing today. But this passage demonstrates that one of the plans that God has for our pain is that it produces virtues in us that are so valuable, valuable to God, valuable to others, valuable to the future, and valuable to ourselves. Listen to how this passage reads. It says, knowing that our tribulation produces perseverance and character and hope. Now that word character in another version of the scriptures is translated experience. We actually need both of those words to understand what's taking place here because he's teaching us that the pains and difficulties and horrible times that we go through, the, the hard experiences that we have, actually reveal or demonstrate to ourselves and others our true character. They show what's actually going on inside of us. We have this tremendous ability to deceive ourselves and others sometimes in making ourselves seem to have it all together and to be perfectly fine. I may appear to you today to be at least somewhat reasonable and fairly calm, but you know, put me through a few really hard days or put me in a house with a dozen children or give me a pain in the neck right here and all of the sudden, it will be revealed so clearly that deep within me is, you know, in the areas of, of patience and, and having to repeat myself over and over again or being disrespected or having real serious physical pain in my body, it'll be revealed that I'm kind of a bit of a mess in those areas and, and need some real help. And so God does us a tremendous favor by allowing us to go through horrible times to reveal what is deep within us, and then he can help us fix those things. So there is a plan. God always has a plan in our pain. Now secondly, I'm going to take you to Hebrews chapter 4, a very familiar section of scripture where we find out that we also have a partner in our pain. And that partner, of course, is our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has experienced the most 
horrible of things that a person could ever go through. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter number 4, and we'll start in verse number 15. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, and it assures us that our Lord Jesus Christ understands what we're going through. He's gone through far more and worse than any of us or all of us together will ever experience. And he can help us. The point is, is that you are never alone in whatever pain you're facing today. If you accept the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, he will be there forever. You have a partner in your pain. There's a plan. There's a partner. Now let me take you to 1 Peter chapter 3 where we will find some prescriptions for your pain. Peter will actually uh, function almost like a pharmacist here. The people to whom he is writing were being undergoing tremendous persecution and in the midst of great trouble. I'm turning you to 1 Peter and I'm going to spend a great deal of time in the rest of this sermon in 1 Peter because as a local church before this pandemic started in the evening worship services we were actually studying the little letter of 1 Peter. We came as far as the third chapter and that's where I'm going to pick up the reading today and we learned that one of the themes of 1 Peter is hope in suffering and in the middle part of the third chapter Peter has some tremendous instructions that he's received from God. There's six of them, in fact, that he has received from God that will format as prescriptions for your pain. Listen to them. We'll read here in 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse number 8. And the first prescription is going to be practice love. There's six of them. Here's the first. Listen. 1 Peter 3, verse 8. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now elsewhere in the Old Testament scriptures, God says that his ways are not our ways. Here in 1 Peter 3, we have an excellent example of how God's ways are not our ways. Peter's writing to people who are going through horrible times. 
and he prescribes to them. He, he basically says to them, you know, if you'd like some help in, in dealing with the situations that you're facing, here's what you need to do. Go out and find somebody who's having a hard time and be tender-hearted towards them. Be compassionate towards them. Be sympathetic towards what they're going through. Help and encourage them. Show them God's love. Practice love is the prescription that Peter gives to those who are in this great pain that he's describing. Now, that runs entirely contrary to the natural human tendency when we're in difficulty. One would naturally think that I'm, if I'm in tremendous pain today, that I would be concerned first and foremost about myself and wanting people to help me and putting everything else on hold and really seeking my own needs first and we've heard a great deal of this even from some of the governments of the world during this pandemic as they've been talking about protectionism and and taking care of their own first that's the natural human tendency Peter approaches it in completely the opposite way and he says if you're in pain you find somebody else and you help them You show God's love to them. In other words, he's showing us that helping others is a tremendous way to help ourselves. He's showing us that we always feel better and our problems never seem to be as large when we go out and reach out in love to help others. Prescription number one from Peter is practice love. Now listen to the second prescription in verse number 15. Or or verse 12, 1 Peter 3.12. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. So if he says practice love, the second thing he says is pray. What better prescription could we have in our pain than to pray? He assures us that the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. And of course, the eyes and the ears are just representations of the mind. And the mind is a representation of the person. He's telling us that God is intimately interested in everything that we're going through. Especially for the righteous and if there's any concern in your heart or mind that you may not be righteous then run to the Lord Jesus Christ who is the righteous one and whom when we come to him in faith removes whatever filth we have in our lives and clothes us in his righteousness he immediately turns any believer from a relationship of hostility with God to one of harmony with God and opens up a channel of friendliness whereby we can ask our Lord for anything. So Peter says, 
pray in your pain. Ask the Lord for help, for strength, for wisdom. Ask him if the pain could perhaps end. You can pray. The third thing that Peter prescribes here is in verse number 13. He says, Who will harm you if you are followers of that which is good? Even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And then he says this in verse 15. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. There's our word, hope. And verse 15 gives us this third prescription from Peter in our pain. He says, sanctify the Lord God in your heart or in the earlier chapters of first Peter he gives us tremendous insight into the doctrine of sanctification and many know that it in part means to set something apart or aside for a special or hallowed purpose this is what God does for believers when they trust in the Lord Jesus Christ he positionally sets them apart and makes them his special children And then Peter says, we ought to be doing that same thing in response to the Lord. Setting him apart, putting him in a special place in our heart. He says, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Put Christ on the throne of your heart. Give the Lord Jesus Christ preeminence in your life. Allow him to have the very special innermost place in in your life put everything else aside what a wonderful prescription and what tremendous help that is when we go through pain and suffering to have Christ first place in our life imagine in the province where you live if every every home and every vehicle were run down and old now that's not the case our provinces largely are very blessed and we have lots of affluence but imagine if every home was run down and, and, and old and, and in ruin and every vehicle was old and beaten up and rusted and, and then imagine that some of us could come together and, and change all that and, and give everybody a brand new house and a, a brand new vehicle you said oh I'd really like that yeah we all would Whatever you have on the throne of your heart, in the center of your life right now, if it's not the Lord Jesus Christ, he's a million times better than whoever is on the throne of your heart, whatever is first in your life. He's a million times better. And he will be of so much greater help and service to you in your pain than whatever that is that you have on the throne of your heart. Peter's telling us that we have some prescriptions here in our pain. We can practice love. We can pray. We can place Christ on the throne of our heart. And then did you hear in verse 15 when I was reading, he said, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. We have to press into the scriptures, is what Peter's teaching us. 
he's saying we have to always be ready to give a defense or an answer, uh, a word or a response. And where do we receive the responses, the words that help to explain the hope that we have within us? We receive it from the scriptures. He's teaching us to press into the word of God, to study God's word, to really understand all of the scriptures so that, he says, when people inquire, which is exactly what they're going to do, if you follow the prescriptions that Peter is prescribing in 1 Peter chapter 3, and as you go through your pain, you're practicing love, you're being compassionate and concerned for others who are in equal or even worse pain than you, you're praying and down on your knees trusting in the Lord and asking him for his help and you're pressing into the scriptures and you're putting Christ first in your life Peter's demonstrating that those who are around you will become very curious about this new life that you're living and this new and different way to go through horrible times maybe the people that are helping you through your pain or going through your pain with you or witnessing or maybe even the people who are causing your pain will start asking questions why why are you helping that other person why are you praying so much and why are you into God's word so often and Peter says you need to be ready for those opportunities they're going to come Remember when Paul was in prison in Philippians? He described it for us so well in Philippians chapter 1. He talked about all of those guards that were were surrounding him and guarding him in Philippians chapter 1. And listen to what he says in verse 12, Philippians 1.12. I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel so that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ and most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So indeed, preach Christ even from envy and strife and some uh, some indeed rather preach Christ from envy and strife and some from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. He was ready. He had pressed himself into the scriptures. So when those guards and others started to ask him, why are you so hopeful in the horrible times? He could give them from the Old Testament, from the letters he had written, from other places, the Gospels. He could give them an answer and say, here's the reason. His name is Jesus Christ, and he's in my heart, and he's giving me hope. The the Berean Study Bible, it translates Luke 21, verses 12 and 13 in this way, and it's so beautiful. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. These are the words of Christ to his disciples, by the way, Luke 21, 12 and 13. On account of my name, they will deliver you to the synagogues and prisons. They will bring you before kings and governors 
This will be your opportunity to serve as witnesses. Peter is essentially teaching us the same thing. He's saying in your pain, the nurses who are helping you, the healthcare professionals, the doctors who are there, maybe in other situations, the attorneys who are there, the police officers who are there, maybe your family. They need to know Christ. And God has a plan. And he has a way of witnessing through you to others who need this same hope. Oh, what wonderful prescriptions Peter has. And we could keep going here. For example, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 16, he says, purify your conscience. I mean, that's a wonderful uh, instruction for anyone who uh, has, uh, has pain in their life. You, you don't want the added pain of, of guilt and fear from bad behavior. And Christ, of course, through his word and the gospel is the one who, who gives us a pure conscience. And then in verse 18 of 1 Peter chapter 3, he ends this particular section and begins the next by saying, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. And we could say for a sixth prescription, just put your eyes on Jesus Christ. Now that's really the theme of First Peter. He gives us hope in suffering by pointing us to the sufferings of Jesus Christ. He understands. God has a plan. We have a partner in our pain. And Peter gives us all these prescriptions. Practice love. Pray. Place Christ on the throne of your heart. Press into the scriptures. Purify your conscience. Put your eyes on Jesus Christ. I said I had four places to take you. We've already gone to Romans 5, Hebrews 4, 1 Peter 3. Let's end in Revelation 21 where I can tell you with every confidence there's the hope of a place where there will be no more pain, no more sadness, no more suffering, no more horrible times. Listen to what Revelation 21 verse 4 says. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. There is a place where the streets are paved with gold, where people live in mansions and have no aches or pains. They have brand new bodies that last forever and never have accidents or diseases. That place is called heaven. And God has tremendous hope for all of us who are in any kind of horrible times. He has a plan. He has a partner for you in your pain, Jesus Christ. He has prescriptions for you to take. And there's the hope of that place where there will be no more pain. 
If you have any concern about where you may end up one day, may I offer you the good news that Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago. He died on the cross and took your place in your sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day to offer new and everlasting life and hope to anyone who trusts and believes in his good news. Perhaps you could trust in the Lord Jesus Christ today and begin to follow him. and You'll find great hope rising up in your heart as you learn more and more about the Holy Scriptures. In a moment, I'm going to pray and I'll have the benediction just before I do that, I want to introduce the final song, which is by that beautiful singer that we introduced earlier in the online service here, Mrs. Ruth Ann Onley. The Honorable David C. Onley and his wife, Mrs. Ruth Ann Onley, are some of the most important people that I have ever met in my entire life. They are right up there with the most significant people in our commonwealth. And they are very humble people. They love the Lord with all of their heart. And they have taken an interest in this insignificant boy from the backwoods of New Brunswick and helped me in ways that I can't even begin to explain. I'm so thankful for both of them, and I feel like that little tiny sparrow in Matthew chapter 10 that Jesus spoke of, and he said God's eye is on that sparrow. And then he added that you are of far more value than that little sparrow. And Mrs. Ruth Ann Onley is going to sing for us now that beautiful piece. His eye is on the sparrow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you in the name of Jesus Christ that there is hope. Thank you that the things that we are going through have value and can produce virtues in us that will be very helpful to you and your work, to others and even to ourselves and our future. Help us to wait patiently on you and to join that partner, the Lord Jesus Christ, and follow his prescriptions so that we might end up one day in that place where there is no more pain. Oh God, help us to follow you and to believe in you with all our heart in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now for a benediction, I'll give you Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness.
and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which ye also were called in one body, and be ye thankful. Amen.